right, bitches. This is the SNR podcast. We're back at it again, and we're a little steamed because we realized you can't actually make a podcast for free. Uh, the first episode is free, and they get you with the fine print on that one because they say start your podcast for free. They don't say maintain it, make it grow, flower into the beautiful entity you know it to be. So the last one we found that out, and we have to pay, what was it? 180 rand. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dollars. I about shit myself. No, it's actually not that much in the greater scheme of things. But I, I thought our internet browsing history for that day would be highly amusing because we opened like multiple tabs on how to oh, yeah. create a, a free <laughs> podcast and then we opened a tab on dollar to rand conversion <laughs> yeah it was probably the saddest search history you could have ever seen it was very amusing our fbi agent was severely disappointed in us <laughs> he saw our search history and was like oh my god <laughs> he's flipping cheap asses <laughs> it amounted to something it was like 12 dollars or something it it really was not a lot of money (laughs) but the disappointment was was great because we thought we'd get away with just a free hobby our disappointment was immeasurable and our day was ruined (laughs) and then we posted that last podcast so it was quite a learning curve (laughs) yeah we really we got the screen that said it's gonna cost this much and we were like shit do we really want to do this how badly do we want this <laughs> <laughs> but we'd already recorded the last podcast so i mean we had we had to otherwise it was a waste of an episode what makes me feel a bit better i mean i don't know if the uh website is lying to me but apparently we this have rss feed yeah the rss feed um but on the website, it sort of pops up wherever people are listening to you um, or wherever they've downloaded the, the podcast from. Mm. And there was two people in Belgium. And Weren't there people in the US as well? Yeah, and, the, and people from Washington. That's so cool. Oh, we do have a uh, email. What is it? Yes. Is it Sarah and Ross podcast at Gmail? Or is it? Yes. It's sarahandrosspodcast at gmail.com. That's really long. So it's S-A-R-A-H-A-N-D-R-O-S-S and then podcast at gmail.com. It's in the description. Yeah, it's it's linked in every description of every episode. So yeah. so that's sarahandrosspodcast at gmail.com. sarahandrosspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Advertising oh. comes in threes. That was probably nines, but now you have it. Well, regardless, we'd love it if whoever is listening like pop us an email yeah. with anything you want to say if you any just dodgy links say, we'll click on them <laughs> please if you want to send us some malware <laughs> don't do that sarah will click am, on it i'm joking no i will not click you on will it. click on I'm it not, um, your computer no. is run by russian bots <laughs> we know this in any case if you have some good questions or recommendations we'd love to hear it so yeah like changing the subject email I could use uh, a lot of expertise on that. Sarah just some, did it brilliantly. Some great segues, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we have more ambience today. Well, I, I think I'm going to try and copy this link and link it as well in the description because the That's previous, we put these on while we're talking just so that there's something that we can like look at every now and then mm. um, just to like hold attention. But the previous one was, it was a time lapse. So it was like an hour long. So it's meant to kind of repeat and loop. But it looked like, I don't know, there was a murder staged in there somewhere. Like, it seemed like a jump scare was going to come out at any moment. And there were weird animated 
runners on the street everything was photoshopped and there was this weird laptop on the like coffee bar or whatever this off-brand flipping macbook thing and I then like it was. in a video popped up on the screen of the oh, laptop some dude. and there the was some dude it. like taking pictures it was weird it no, was really I weird i promise you it was the guy who uploaded the video probably um it was strange though. and he was i don't know it was just very bizarre it also everything was moving inside this like coffee shop. What do you mean moving? Like all the lights were swaying and uh, <laughs> that's not cool. I was busy watching it while you were trying to find uh, another one. Why has no one actually just done a time lapse of an actual coffee shop? Why is it photoshopped to Kingdom Gone? Because people people do study time lapses. Have you ever watched those? Yes, I've seen them before. They're actually pretty they, insane. They act like that low fi is it it's not spirited away. Um, but it is a studio Gilby. Yeah. yeah Ghibli, yeah, yeah. Ghibli. Yeah. Um, where that girl's doing like that yes. lo-fi study session. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't liking the atmosphere, so now we just changed it to uh, walking in the rain in Manhattan, New York. Mm, that's it's really, cool. really cool. You could watch this on repeat. It's really it's sick. It's really awesome. It's like someone's GoPro. I don't even think it's, it's really a GoPro because cool. it's not like fish-eyed. Oh, that's true. Maybe so it it's must just be something a else. Camera. It's really cool. I much prefer that. Yeah, me too. Let's not get too distracted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think we can talk about the absolute travesty that was Aquaman. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I went to work today and I said to one of my colleagues, I was like, have you watched Aquaman? And she looked at me and she was like, she just packed up laughing. And I was like, it was bad. It was. It was really bad. I think a lot of parts of it were bad. I don't think as a whole... Okay, maybe as a whole it made it bad. I think the parts I can really appreciate, and I wish it was the whole movie, was like the actual fantasy action parts of it. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool seeing sharks biting off these like massive sea creatures and, you know, them riding on these like seahorse looking things. Yeah. And these prehistoric fish looking things underwater and their cities and their law and i mean it's really cool it is really really cool but wow the cheesiness Too the cheese. cgi Too cheese. no the cgi was fine like the cgi was good but did they have to cgi everything okay yeah everything was cgi'd i think they cgi'd a, a goddamn staircase yeah, behind arthur staircase. curry's dad they couldn't, they couldn't actually film it at a lighthouse. I don't know if oh, massive no. budget cuts hit Warner Brothers at that, at that stage or potentially what they were doing was not throwing money at something they didn't know was going to be good. Yeah. Because yeah, DC doesn't have a brilliant track record of late of mm -hmm. actually producing quality stuff. So maybe they did actually slash their budget, but slashing it was probably like a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah. And they CGI'd I virtually just, everything. I, it was almost laughable. The, yeah. like some of the scenes the, the way sets, that they looked yeah. was just the way they looked whoever colored that movie oh. i know that in movies you do have to color scenes so that they actually look like thematic mm -hmm. so what happens is when you film and you don't have color in them it can look washed out it can look too vivid it can look almost dreamlike mm -hmm. in some senses but that one was just a, everything looked like power rangers it to a degree yeah, like high awful. def power rangers and to a review channel that said that potentially they were trying to make it kind of self-aware of how it was trying to channel 80s uh, cartoons and i was like you know what great yeah. but really did we need to do that you I have jason momoa how cartoon yeah. that man is not cartoonish he's not 
he's cartoonish I, in I how masculine he is. And I think I think that is the route they were trying to take. And if you think back to like eighties movies and especially superhero movies, they yes. were cheesy and kind of funny to watch. They were they never really had very serious undertones. I mean, if I think about like the Supermans and stuff. Yeah, um, but they, those were a product of their time. Exactly. And but why do we need to bring that back? <laughs> yeah, because they just did. They didn't do it right, in my opinion. Yes, there's there's a way to do it right. I mean, if you wanted to have an '80s vibe to it, why not set it in the '80s? Yeah. Why not just do that? But that would make it a bit more thematically make mm. sense. But otherwise, it just didn't make sense in that regard. Also, yeah, that coloring was bizarre. I yeah. didn't like how vivid everything looked. Everything looked like it was too... It had this weird glossy sheen on it. Mm. Everything was just very, very brilliantly colored. It was too it, vivid. Yeah, it was it far was too vivid. To and they definitely didn't... They needed to add some kind of filter on that thing. Yeah. Just to make things look a bit more muted in some regards. Because the, the script was also very juvenile. The script was borderline crap. It, it was In very some bad. sections, it was laughably bad. Like, it, there's one scene where the, the one character literally looks at the other one and is like, Oh, don't worry. I'll tell you later. Come, let's go. That was... It's, it's literally... That's that was in the penultimate scene. The script was just super juvenile in some places it was very it, strange it didn't lend well to itself it didn't do well also let's not forget that like at least four conversations yes were interrupted by explosions yes <laughs> a massive explosion off screen that blasts whoever was just talking completely out of what they were just doing it's so it happens four times it is so silly honestly and it's not a bad trope to have like it can be good but when it's four times you just, kind of feel uh, like the director didn't know how to transition a scene. It was so left field half the time. <laughs> that movie it made me just question things. No. I definitely don't think I'll watch it again. Um, I don't think I'll watch it again either. That was, that was not fun to watch. There were good parts to it. There were just other parts that felt like they were written and directed by someone else. Yeah. The, the, the action scenes were really, really good. No, the action scenes were very good. I enjoyed I, the action I scenes. I love um, like well-choreographed action scenes. Yeah. And those were very well-choreographed. Like I really enjoyed example, them. Yeah. You said. Yeah. But that was something else. I didn't understand that movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't maybe i just didn't get it like maybe we're looking at it too critically maybe uh and not seeing it for the fun side of things it can be fun but it was a bit too juvenile i didn't really expect that yeah because it's it doesn't really know what it wants to do in regards to tone jason momo is yeah. this big burly guy he does well as as aquaman mm. but i felt like he was let down by a cuck script the last pl the last time we saw Jason Momoa as Aquaman was in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Which was far more dark and gloomy and he never wore that damn suit. No, that suit, the suit, again, the coloring, it made it look yeah. fake. It made it look plastic. It looked, when he was underwater, it looked like someone had bedazzled him. Yeah. Honestly. Bedazzled his man titties. Yes. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't look great. I don't know. I, I, maybe we are just being too critical, but I mean, at one stage there's an octopus playing the drums. No, that's fine. Like, I don't mind that. <laughs> That's fine. Do that. I was just like... But 
because that that can make sense. I mean, you have an entire civilization underwater. Why could yeah. an octopus play drums? I no, don't, of course. That's but I mean, fine. I th- I think it's just more if you want to go that comedic absurd route, then f- go full blown comedic like look absurd at, route. Look at I, I don't like comparing DC and Marvel, but mm. look at Guardians of the Galaxy for example. Mm. Arguably a comical movie, maybe yeah. not a comedy. Yeah. But definitely like a tragic comedy, maybe. Yeah. In a way. But they um, did or it like well. an action adventure comedy thing. Yeah. But they did it well because there was good writing and mm. there was <gasps> the good directing. And the music. Well, yes, the mu- oh, the music in Aquaman. The music in Aquaman it was, was terrible. Awful. I mean, thinking about that wow. now, the the score. It, you called it like a, a lifetime movie. That's what you said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lifetime movie in regards to how cheesy it was, like mm. long withering looks. Looks off into the middle distance. Looks that your main character wouldn't know, but they make those looks just for the audience yeah. type thing. <laughs> and the music just swells and like comes into a scene where it's least welcome. It takes a fat crap on every scene. It basically. really does. It really does. There's actually one scene that is like it's sticking with me now because I remember like laughing out loud at Which it. Which one was that? Because it was almost music video ridiculous yes when they came out of the sea into like the desert yes. and some pitbull song was playing and i was like and then when they came what? out of the desert and were in sicily yes and there was like a pretty woman <laughs> yes. um, like dress up makeup scene yes where they were now like or it was actually like shrek shrek and fiona yeah in the first shrek movie where they're like bonding with one another it was like that yes it was weird and then she like you know he was he was looking at her and she was as she was like buying some roses for herself yeah, and she then, was endearing herself yes, to him and then she randomly starts eating a rose <laughs> because she doesn't know what and surface cultures are yes. which like that worked that That's was fine that was like playful that was nice yeah but but it was holy shit was it hammed on it was hammed on <laughs> and it was backtracked by the most ridiculous music i don't music. know what the goddamn that song was i don't know i don't know it, it felt like someone was making a satire of of uh hero movies it felt at some like parts it was kind of ridiculous maybe aquaman on netflix is mixed differently maybe they know. mixed it crap uh, i mean maybe what movie were we... Oh, in actual fact, Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. The beginning song for Dawson's Creek wasn't leased to um, Netflix. Oh, so they don't use it. So they don't use it. So they don't use the like stereotypical Dawson's Creek song. They use wasn't Dawson's Creek like a... Ah, thing. Ah. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I... Don't think I got the song right. No, I don't think. But yes, Aquaman was uh, the ending song as well was just viciously bad. Yeah, wow. Well. The movie ends and then a song plays that wouldn't belong on like a, the end of a Hannah Montana season. It wouldn't have fit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It did not make Things sense weird. thematically, visually. The movie was very confusing. Yeah. Super, super confusing. Did not enjoy. I enjoyed mean, parts, did not enjoy all. No, uh, no. That's a no from me. It's definitely a no from me. And I mean, we may be overly critical, but in my opinion, because I'm not any sort of movie critic, I always think, did I enjoy the movie? 
And that is all. Like, if I was entertained by it, then it's fine. But if I was not, in this case, I was not. But it's not even that. It's more that there's some movies that can just make you overly critical. Mm. There's some movies that can make you step out of your viewing experience and question why you're watching it Mm. and why it is the way that it is. Yeah. That was one of them. Like, I was taken out of that movie so many times. The first thing was probably the de-aging CGI they had in the beginning. That guy looked like a dough man. <laughs> yeah, he looked, he looked so, so doughy and Play-Doh-like and very just weird. not very good Mm-mm. with the fake hairpiece. I don't know why he couldn't have just been bald. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. It was very strange. But there are some movies that just elicit that reaction. They just Definitely. make you critical of them. And sometimes it can be in a negative light. I don't mm. think I hated the movie. I don't want to hate movies. But that had scenes in it that were just baffling just awful they were so baffling <laughs> i don't know how you made conscious decisions to do some of the stuff that was in there i remember you just kept saying like how, how did a director pass this off and or look at the scene and was okay with it how did a hundred people who oversee this project agree with this man i don't know but again it's all subjective yeah but subjectively Definitely. did not enjoy <laughs> enjoyed parts not all no well on that what is one movie that you can critically look at and still love i said to you the other day because we we started talking about tenet the other day (laughs) and i've watched that movie twice Mm. and after the second viewing i still didn't know what was going on i felt like i knew less but again that movie had issues with like sound and stuff i think the biggest problem was that i didn't actually hear what was going on and i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i would have but then i started talking to you about parts of it and you actually understood a lot more than i did Mm. And you understood things that I just did not, like, grasp. The fact that the the scientist from the future, spoilers, by the way, (laughs) um, the fact that the scientist from the future um, was a female. I didn't know that. I didn't Mm. know that they actually referred to them by female. Yeah. Um, It's just like a snippet in a conversation. But I I couldn't follow the conversations in that movie at all. I know know they did mention afterwards that there was apparently trouble with the sound mixing. Because they mixed it during COVID and there was a lot of issues to do with it. I think it's also like a Nolan trope, a Christopher Nolan trope. Potentially. He often um, exaggerates uh, ambience and score. Mm. Um, But in this one, dialogue just fell to the side a bit. Yeah. But I didn't get a whole lot from that movie with regards to plot at all. Mm. And I, I don't know if it was just the way I couldn't I couldn't just pick up on it for whatever reason. But then I was chatting to you about it and you made light of a lot of things I didn't get. Mm. And then subsequently we watched, uh, I think it was like two videos on it summarizing the plot. I realized after watching those movies or of, after watching those videos, I, didn't, I did not fundamentally get the plot. most of that movie. Yeah and it's very complex how how inversion worked i didn't understand how that actually worked in the movie Mm. i don't know if it was like visually i wasn't getting it or like just thematically i don't know what it was but i couldn't understand it but then after that i think i want to watch it again after Mm. watching these videos because after watching them i feel like i'll actually start to understand parts of the movie I definitely i think you'll appreciate it a lot more knowing yeah, knowing a bit more about it i think that's why i was like most put out by it and i wanted to know why i didn't like the movie yeah and like at first it was more that i just couldn't follow the plot the plot the plot doesn't unfold very organically it's very uh fetch questy and like uh 
go here, talk to this person, go there, talk to this person. Mm. You go here to talk to this person. But I think that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be... like. I suppose. If you look back at Christopher Nolan's movies, like a lot of his movies play with time. In actual fact, the majority of them. Yeah. And he likes the fact that he will never tell a linear story. No, like that's the start fine. will never be the start, the end will never be the end. But it will never, it won't even, even be like a loop. I mean, in this one, he was talking about inversion and stuff, and you even saw the timelines that they put up. It was yeah. like little streaks. It wasn't. Well, no, they were it more was like very doubling back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's not about telling a linear story, it's about mm. you can tell a non linear story linearly. Mm. You can make a non-linear story fairly easy to understand mm. or at least uh, approachable that's yeah. that's what i had an issue with in that movie was yeah the concepts were not very approachable for me yeah because um, obviously you got more than i did i think yeah. even your brother got more than i did mm. and um just for like the approach of it i didn't really understand yeah how these things were going i couldn't engage with the movie i think it's also because i engaged with movies like feeling wise and emotionally yes if you're emotionally invested then yes. you start understanding things a bit more and you you can invest and you struggled with that yeah because yeah. i don't know what the shit was going on i think i think also we we approach movies very differently because i, I think so i thoroughly enjoy the fact that i love movies where they don't spoon feed you where they don't tell no, you anything i, I agree and with they that. just chuck you in it and then i love being confused by movies hmm. i, I also love the fact that Tenet made me go and read more about it. Like I went yeah, and see, read like fan theories. Yeah, I went I and that. read like all sorts of posts about it because I wanted to know more. And I wanted to know if there were like little Easter eggs. I wanted to know like a lot more about why he did it the way he did it. Um, to understand the movie more like fundamentally. Um, so that by the second time I'd watched it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I get this. Yeah. This makes sense. See, I didn't do that. I yeah. I was so baffled by the first movie and not knowing, or the first time watching the movie, mm. that I was like, I don't think I'll ever actually understand that. So I didn't really look at any fan theories or any timeline things, because mm. I knew I was going to watch it again, so I wanted to wait for that. To but then after the second would. time, I was like, oof, I don't know didn't if I'll really ever understand it. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you said, that you can enjoy movies that don't spoon feed you. Mm. It's like show, don't tell, essentially, mm. which lends itself to storytelling i mean if you can show but not tell and still um tell a great story yeah that's very very good yeah but i just couldn't understand the story in that yeah um but i don't now that i've watched those movies i see it's to no fault of the actual movie it's more to however i was interpreting things mm. i definitely don't think his movies are for singular viewing and understanding i don't ever. think they're for yeah i think so and yeah i don't think they're like casual mm. movie going experiences he he wants to make an experience type thing definitely so he wants to be like you're going to this movie you're going into this huge mm. spectacle this experience rather yeah. than just uh any other movie because i think um inception was a lot like that where yes. i actually struggled to understand that movie a lot yeah. and i only think after your multiple watches was I like, oh my word, yes, okay, I get it, I get yeah. it. And I, I actually understood it fully mm. after multiple watches, after reading stuff, after discussing it with people. Yeah. I was like, oh my word, okay, I get it. And it's it's actually it's actually a really good feeling when you finally understand it and you can yeah, watch a movie like again. Clicks. 
and it's a whole new experience yeah. after you understand it because i mean i'm not gonna lie the first time i watched tenet i all i got from that movie that i actually enjoyed was the action sequences yes yeah it was That's visually it. stunning visually i was like this is freaking cool how yeah. did they film this this is amazing and then i went and watched like how they film tenets and stuff yeah had a whole new appreciation for it because yeah. it's insane and then I went and read all the fan theories about the story and try to understand it and put it together from that aspect. Because I definitely believe, because I'm very much a book fan, mm. because books take their time and you can take time to like take in a concept. Whereas movies, you only have a set period of time to take in a concept. Yeah, it's very uh, snapshotty. Yes. And as a result, I think that's why Tenet was so difficult to take in just on mm. a first viewing. Yeah, if you understood that movie from first viewing, wow. I don't <laughs> know how you managed you. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, it is work, actually, mm. <laughs> to watch that movie, which That's isn't a bad tough. thing. Because, like, again, Inception, Inception can be um, as confusing if mm. you're not paying attention. But I feel like uh, in that one, themes and characters and stuff are far more cemented. Um, Definitely. And kind of the plots makes a bit more sense. Mm-hmm how it works because you're revolving around like a singular thing which is obviously dreams and stuff mm. like that and dreams are fairly easy to understand inversion in tenet was a completely foreign concept that yeah. i only really understood once i watched those videos yeah and it was um, a foreign concept with a pretty complex story yeah it was it was complexity on complexity mm. it's like the more you go into it the more it just absolutely convoluted it's pretty phenomenal though no it was good like i'm, I'm not saying it was bad I'm, I'm always so impressed by people who can put together such yeah, complex I have stories no, i have no it's clue crazy. how much time must have gone into actually uh, yeah. fleshing that out and visually how you do that yeah i don't know that's very no impressive oh something cool i read today wait we have to transition it from what we were just speaking about oh tenet yeah segway go i was reading today on one of the headlines in new york times as of like the 23rd of july or something i mean it's exciting for me because i work in the field but um I, it's definitely worth sharing the human genome project is complete explain we've sequenced all the genes in a human I body we did that before no that was the beginning of the human genome and they basically just sequenced um like a scaffolding of all our genes so as of today they've sequenced each and every single gene in a human body so in other words if you went onto the database yeah you would be able to search any one of those three billion base pairs to find it and what's the purpose of that why did they do that so i was i was also reading into it and i was like okay well we've we've come leaps and bounds just with the scaffolding so what is the whole genome so going to do is the scaffolding essentially what creates other genes or so kind of the, the I, branches? i'm referring to it as scaffolding but imagine it as like a redacted piece of paper right okay so we'd sort of only sequence like a tree with no leaves you've yes. got the branches but yes. not the leaves so we sequenced the most um important genes the ones that you know were, were relative to human disease and um Herid uh, like hereditary diseases and 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 the ones but that there's code a lot for of ass hair. <laughs> of course and then basically there's a lot of like in between sections that don't code for anything and there's a lot of um viral 
genes that are actually inserted into our genome that we hadn't coded yet and bacterial genes and all sorts of other quote-unquote junk DNA is what geneticists call them. We're, we're not actually sure what they do yet and some of them have like structural purposes but they don't have, they're not actually coded into anything that we can visibly see. Okay, but you um, said that the Human Genome Project is now finished. Yes, so they've coded all that in-between stuff now as well. And then? So essentially this helps us with um, better being able to predict risk of disease. So we can see that, oh, um, person Y has a different gene in this position compared to the healthy person X. That must be potentially why we're seeing this disease, you know. And it's, it's a lot of things to do with um, metabolic disorders or how we can essentially um, better metabolize um, medicines and things like that so that we can actually better treat disease. So it's a lot more to do with like functional medicine so that they know now that because of your gene makeup that you can better process this particular amount of medicine and therefore treat you better how does that work though because so they've coded for the entire human genome mm -hmm. but does that mean that any human that's ever lived they've what quantified their genes so obviously this is only like a subset of the population more than likely it's probably more europeans that have been sequenced yeah. than anything else so what they want to do now is essentially create what they like biobanks of date of data Yes. So they want to sequence a whole lot of human genomes and put it in sort of like a biobank. And this is what I was talking to you about a while ago. This is a little bit controversial. But why would they do this? To essentially predict risk of disease. So things like, are you going to get heart problems in your 50s? Yeah. Are you going to lose Gattaca your hair? type shit. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to develop some sort of cancer? And they can predict these risks by studying the genomes of the people that they've sequenced yeah. and by better understanding all the genes that they've sequenced now. I don't know so how successful they'll get that. I mean, who you'd have to willingly... It already is. Yeah, but you'd, all, you'd have to willingly donate your genome. Yes. You'd have to donate your body to science and then would have to go towards the genome project. Yes. So you would have to essentially give autonomy over to a research unit to see what they want to see and i know there's a lot of of these like biobanks in the uk already where they not only give over their genomes but any sort of medical um, form test anything that is done is also submitted alongside this genome so that they can accurately see what sort of illnesses this person succumbs to in their lifetime i don't know that seems like such a mixed bag <laughs> the thing is ethically you can there's a whole lot of things you can bring into this discussion where you yes. can say you can accurately discriminate against people now yes you can As scientifically yes. discriminate against people yes you and can you can you predictively can predictively discriminate against exactly people. and i mean what are insurance companies going to do with this oh yeah i don't know well exactly what are researchers going to do with this i don't know and there's also the high risk that you're potentially going to um almost victimize particular populations where certain diseases yeah. are well, a higher risk. With mentioning that, even with what you said, that it's predominantly European genome. Mm. I mean, there's a history that black people 
aren't very well what's the word researched researched with yeah. regards to medicine yeah and that not all medicines are made equal yes i mean yeah a lot of modern medical procedures were done on european people mm. or done on predominantly white people so the problem is also is that there's a huge stigma with researchers and particular um, research populations yes. um, i think ages ago probably in the 80s 70s or 80s there was a study done on um, the hawaiian population and they did exactly that they they essentially wanted to go and uh, do genome testing but they yeah. were testing for a particular disease but they didn't disclose this to the people because they're essentially polynesian yes and essentially the the people were told oh you know we're, we're going to assist you with health care and that sort of thing mm. um oh. coerced into taking samples misleading. yeah and basically published papers on how this particular population is more susceptible to diabetes than most mm. And they were highly discriminated against yeah. as far as like insurance goes and that sort of thing. And the, as a result, the population of Polynesians or I'm not sure what they fall under. I think Polynesians and ethnicity. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But anyway, the Hawaiians were very upset yeah. um, by this, obviously. Yes. Um, and as a result, I mean, even with traditional medicine and things like that, there is such a reluctance to hand it over to research yes. because then who does it belong to? Who makes the money? Who actually benefits from yeah, it? Yeah, the person who's essentially belonging it was, their genome, exactly. they're now dead. Exactly. And they've signed over pretty much everything. It's like there's also a really sad case of um, there was a black lady in also ages ago. I think she was a nurse or something like that. But they um, sampled some of her kidney cells. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a cell line that they still use today that is this woman's kidney cells. So Jeez. essentially they um, grow these kidney cells for um, viral, uh, to grow viruses and stuff for testing purposes and research Why purposes and stuff like that. Um, it just happened to be a kidney cell because it perpetuated quite So nicely. this woman donated her body to science, either willfully or unwillfully. Mm. Um, and now they still use her cells her dna yeah well her actual cell line yeah they i, I don't know if, oh no sorry it's liver it's not kidney liver liver would make more sense liver's ab- able to regenerate yes yeah. yeah, sorry it is liver cells um i think it's it, like it actually has a specific name it's it's called like hit 13k or something like that it has like a specific label to it but in actual fact her um daughter wrote like a whole lot of articles and stuff about it saying like who actually benefited from that you know yeah you're growing um, viruses i mean yeah th- there's a huge i mean every every scientific institution uses these the cell line yeah and um there was no remuneration to the family or anything but you know these cells are still alive and well you know yeah but that's that's something to do with donating your body i've I, no, it I wasn't. It wasn't her body. She actually donated the cells. Like she was still alive. When oh, they so did she it. just donated a liver. Yeah, yeah. But then was it for like a biopsy or something? Mm. But then it was the for this particular paper uh, purpose. But in the paperwork for that, yeah, that's where that has to be decided. It's of not going to be decided after the fact because she signed off pretty much any and all benefits from that biopsy yeah. or from that tissue is for the scientific community. But I definitely think that at the time it wasn't clearly stated well no why would it be yeah so i i definitely think there's 
as a result of all of these sorts of cases and scenarios, it erodes trust. It really erodes trust. And I mean, in order to sort of build up this trust again, you have to know that your information, your genetic information is not going to be used for devious purposes. And the thing is, there's parts of me that would love to be a part of these studies. Yeah. Because it is so informative for future generations as far as like yeah, medicine it's very goes next generation stuff it's phenomenal but would i privy myself to these things mm. without knowing what other people will do with it what insurance companies will do with it what businesses will do with it will yeah. now will i now have to you know be subject to a whole lot of heart medicine adverts because they know that one day I'm going to have yeah, a heart have attack. A, you you know? have a genetically uh, identifiable advertising fingerprint, essentially. Exactly. So imagine they know that, oh, well, you have asthma. Yes. Well, here we go. Yes. Here's all the products that are associated with uh, breathing exactly. problems. And I mean, they can essentially build, I mean, the pharmaceutical companies can essentially build tailor-made advertising based on people's risk factors obviously i'm talking like way in the future we're not there yet or they could build tailor-made products to very very rare diseases yeah and then just do what they always do exactly just ruin pricing yes yeah it's uh, yeah that's scary that's the that's the unfortunate symptom of just rapid monumental growth no of course because things just move too fast for yeah, human beings actually we, I we've moved too fast for our own good i think and that's right. like that's the whole conversation with the internet in general mm. is that biologically we're not able to keep up with the way things change biologically mm-hmm. we can't which is why there's so much discourse and definitely you know, it's just an absolute shit show yeah Oy. but yeah Speaking of discrimination, mm-hmm. um, I saw earlier that in Formula One, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, I think there's a week, there's a race on this weekend in Hungary and not really read up on Hungary, but apparently they have some pretty backwards like LGBTQ laws and stuff like that. So Lewis Hamilton, obviously like the people's person he is, mm-hmm. for, good, for better or for worse, posted something on, on his story. And I think I saw it with the Formula One instagram page their story and they like they posted it on his behalf and he was saying that hungary has all these laws he stands for them all this stuff sebastian vettel who drives for aston martin he had uh, rainbow colored shoes on Mm. all this stuff and i was just wondering why if formula one supports this stuff so much why do they still host races in these shit places like i don't know what the law is i didn't see the law yet but if that's the case why do you do it there's, there's a lot of races that are in places that are uh, morally questionable. A mm. lot of the ones in the Middle East, in Qatar and uh, Abu Dhabi, essentially. It's kind of dodgy that they still host races there, but they stand in solidarity with these races. So the drivers are essentially like the mouthpieces. It's, it's just so bizarre with Formula One. They support the rights that the drivers stand for, but they're still very willing to host races in these places because mm. it's hugely lucrative. So, like in Abu Dhabi, people are of all kinds aren't welcome there. Mm. Uh, homosexuals, people who drink, uh, people who uh, have extramarital affairs, essentially, mm. even if that's just having a girlfriend and showing, or girlfriend or boyfriend and showing public, public affection, you get you get shit canned in Abu Dhabi for that. Sure. And I mean Qatar, where they're going to host the World Cup, is 
not a not a very it's also Middle East. Uh, not a very PC place. Let's just yeah. say that. But yeah, then they then they say, oh well, there'll be designated. You can't drink there either. And then they say, no no no, there'll be designated uh, drinking portions of like stadiums and stuff like that. Oh, wow. um, but I mean, if they're willing, because it's all Sharia law, essentially. That's what that's what these Middle Eastern countries work off mm. of. And under Sharia law, you're not allowed to do these things. But if we're hosting a massively profitable world sporting event, then it's okay. Mm. It's just such a moral double standard. But yeah, if you want to go watch the World Cup, I think it's in 2022. Mm. Uh, don't be gay. Don't be a woman with exposed shoulders yeah. and uh, curb your drinking, basically. That's very weird. Yeah. But where else do they have racetracks that they can host these kind of things? Anywhere. Everywhere. They host yeah. two in the Middle East for some reason. Don't know why. Uh, they host in Australia. They host in Belgium. They host, I think, in Germany. Uh, they host in Italy. They host in the yeah, UK at Silverstone. That doesn't make they sense. They host in then. America. They host it all over. Singapore. They have a Singapore Grand Prix. Mm. There was talk that they wanted to try and do it in Cape Town, South Africa, which would be awesome because it'd be a street be circuit great, yeah. around Greenpoint there. But, oh, that would be cool. But yeah, I don't know when that'll happen. But they lose nothing from actually doing that, yeah. from changing these courses. That's very true. Because it's so weird. It's such a. It's it, very restrictive. It, it creates such a dissonance between like the actual sports and like I don't know why big corporate things have like a moral obligation nowadays, but. Mm. I mean, when you're dealing with that much money, you kind of have to. But it must be strange also for um, people who are going to watch these things. I mean, imagine staying in a country now with all of these rulings. You yeah. Know? I mean, what well, do you imagine do? Even, imagine even just watching it from your home. Yeah. So you're a gay person who's now watching um, the World Cup in Qatar and you're enjoying it, but you're enjoying it at what expense? You wouldn't even be allowed to sit in that stadium. Mm. Or the fact that those stadiums were built in very questionable ways using migrant labor. Yeah. It's it is bizarre, and I mean that's it's all weird FIFA's why we fault. Support these things. Yeah. yeah, it's all FIFA's fault that were just massively corrupt. It's why we got the World Cup in 2010. Yeah, we did true. not get it off of merit. That's true. We got it off of massive subsidies. Sure. But yeah, that's uh, depressing. <laughs> very depressing. What else is there to talk about? That's a bit uh, brighter in tone. I suppose we can try and uh, recommend something for this week. What what could we recommend? Can I give another book recommendation? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I finished reading another book. Um, it's called The Maidens by Alex Michelides. I think that's how you say his surname. He wrote The Silent Patient as well. If anyone has read that book, I, I think it's I've quite popular. I've read that book. Yeah, it's very very good. It's he writes. Very good. He writes like you're reading a movie, basically. It's fantastic. I, I definitely don't think this book was as good as The Silent Patient, personally. Hmm. But still a fantastic read. It took me only a couple of days to read. Yeah, it was like, it, what, five days? Yeah, it's very smooth reading. I love how he mixes in like Greek mythology with a bit of like a murder mystery, like a whodunit type of thing. Very well written, very good story, very intriguing characters. I definitely think he, I know he studied English, so he has a lot of like literature references throughout and he, he often references like poets and poetry and things like that. But he must have some sort of psychology background as well because he loves to go into like I think he does. Psychoanalysis and things like that. And mm. he creates his villains and his characters around that sort of thing. A really cool thing is it actually um, throws back to the character from Silent Patient, oh. which is very cool. 
They so like he's, meat. That's he's built a cool. uh, a little world, a novel universe. Yeah, but it's it's just good. It's just good reading. It's a cool story. Love the Greek mythology. Would recommend. Highly recommend. What can I recommend? Any good music, good songs, music, podcasts, podcasts. If you want to listen to a good podcast, listen to My Dad Wrote a Porno. There's six oh, seasons. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah. If you like British humor. If you like absolutely cringing your arsehole, yeah, then you'll enjoy that. Conan O'Brien needs a friend is also a very good one. Mm. Um, his humor is still galactically impressive, so I'd recommend that as well. But any movies? No, we haven't really I watched any other yeah, movies. We might watch Black Widow this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. I hope that's okay. Yeah, me too. But we'll see. Speaking of who done it, Knives Out Two <gasps> is being filmed. Really? Yeah, it's got Daniel Craig in it. Oh, I'm so excited. So, uh, Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Benoit Blanc is in it. I really like that guy. I don't know who else is in it, though. I'm so but, keen. Yeah, he's. it is being done. That I think it takes place crazy. on a yacht or a boat. That's cool. It's probably like one of um, Agatha Christie's novels. Uh, maybe based on off of it. Yeah. Because yeah. she has uh, Poirot, or whatever his name is. I don't think it will be based on that, because... There was recently one of... Oh, one of her novels was actually... That was Murder on the Orient Express. But there was another one that was on a boat. Yes. So I doubt... It'll be based off of that. I doubt it'll be on on a boat. Well, I mean, it wasn't based off of her her book. It was just like... It's based on the concept, on like the theme. Yeah, the concept. Yeah, the whodunit theme. The plot, yeah. Yeah. Which Agatha Christie does very well. Yeah. Oh, I'm keen for that, actually. When is that coming out? Uh, Nine years at this rate. (laughs) Yeah, movies are taking an age. I'm still waiting for the James Bond. Holy shit, that hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm still waiting. I'm still baffled by the fact that apparently they're reshooting advertisements. Yeah. Like product placement. I really... Because it's outdated at this stage. The more I think about it, the more I actually... I really dislike advertising. I know it is the backbone of capitalism. Pisses me off. All of these things. But I mean, I literally watch YouTube on an ad-free platform to not ads. get ads yeah. you know yeah it's it's ridiculous and i mean even listening to podcasts these days oh my word there's like four or five ad you know, reads ads in in a podcast we can say this confidently because we'll never get approached to advertise <laughs> if we do we'll cut this out of this episode <laughs> yeah we will cut this out forever we will go back on our word we will flip-flop immediately <laughs> we will we will uh, rescind all ethics <laughs> but i mean honestly i i think I would only ever recommend things. I don't think I would ever advertise things like I kind blandly, of agree with that. blatantly, or blatantly, yeah. because I mean, oh, you're you're so inundated every day with like ads all the time, and so I don't think it's necessary. And they say it's the cost of having free shit, but eh. honestly, I would rather eh. pay for stuff. Like I would if, too. If it's a case of I need to pay you ten rand for something, but imagine you have to pay every time you wanted to watch a YouTube video. Yeah. Or if YouTube Premium was the only thing. I mean, people pay yeah. for Netflix. So why can't you just do the same thing? Exactly. I And I definitely think, I mean, I you, you can buy Patreon for the things that you do enjoy. And that's ad-free, at least. Yeah, and it's extra. And it's extra. But I, I, this inundation of ads, I don't know. I don't know where it's going, to be honest with you. Because it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's like sticking all its fingers in, in everything you read these days. So Yeah, it's in virtually everything. Yeah, which is crazy. I have no idea. 
so yeah but that's a probably a whole nother speech for a whole nother episode yeah. <laughs> but we'll leave you with uh, a blooper reel yeah of us trying to see if we can hold these microphones they're made out of uh, a polystyrene composite <laughs> Uh, meant to pick up on echoes 10,000 times better than any other thing, any they, other microphone. As, as, as we said to begin with, we were trying to do this really on the cheap. Yes, so with, Volcano, your microphones are shit. But anyway, you know what, it does the trick, but they are definitely quite janky. Yeah, they're made out of the same plastic they used to perform rhinoplasty <laughs> surgery. So, yeah, uh, enjoy it. hear it. Yeah, enjoy it, because you'll hear a slight rattling that um a slight yeah a slight rattling <laughs> and then a, a completely virulent overreaction on my part <laughs> but yeah we found a, a system that works now so you won't hear yeah. any of that but anyway until next time enjoy enjoy the book enjoy, enjoy the, the podcasts book. enjoy everything send please us emails send us an email on serenrosspodcast at gmail.com yes please we're looking forward to it bye Well, that's as bad as it can get. But just hold it normally. I'm holding it normally. Yeah, but you're going to move around. Stop. <laughs> Stop. It's picking up something. Talking. We're talking. We're communicating verbally. Yeah. Why don't you just wrap it in fucking toilet I'm just paper? I'm going to put it here and then talk into it. Fuck! <laughs>